Yo, 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 what's good? It's your boy Walt. Back out again with another episode to the YMCM podcast. I'm with my man JTJ Chef. And uh, we got another banger for y'all, man. Season two now. We're on to a new season. On to better things. So um, we got a special guest for y'all today. That's going to come in in a little bit. Um, so, Jay, you know, obviously this is taking place with January, what, 13th. Right. Um, the Big Seahawks. We got a big game tomorrow. Um, the wild card against the San Francisco 49ers. Um, another test for the team, but I think we're ready. So, um, what are your just off rip? What are your thoughts on that? Our thoughts going into that game? Well, first, Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy been, New um, been back now. Thankfully, we're getting started up again. It's been yeah. A while. But um, yeah, a lot, lots happened in sports the past, what, I'd say like a month. Honestly. Last month, yeah. Um, lots going on in the NFL, NBA. It's kind of in its mid-season, mm. so it's been good. But, you know, playoffs coming up, it's like one of the most exciting times of year for specifically football. Yeah. Um, college football playoff, that was a mess. That, that's, another, <laughs> that's another conversation. But I don't know. Tomorrow's going to be interesting. I think uh, Seattle has a really tough cha- tough challenge ahead of them. They're going to have to really be on their A game in all phases of the game, special teams, offense, defense. Because the 49ers, as they kind of do every year, they – peak at this time yeah like at a whole different level it's a whole new season though it's a yeah. whole new season you know so um what you thinking you thinking win loss just give us the real like don't get into it too deep wins i loss. want us to win but okay. i don't think it will happen <laughs> okay i'll say that well i ain't with him i think we're gonna win and i want us to win so um i think we're gonna take the dub i think it's not even gonna be close i think we're gonna surprise a lot of people i think the offense is gonna come in firing on all cylinders same as the defense um i think that if you look too deep into the 49ers when we played them a couple of weeks ago, that they weren't healthy. And um, it gets kind of scary because, you know, if they dominated us when they're not healthy, what are they going to do when they're fully healthy? But, hey, we'll see. I'm confident in our boys. Um, we're not. We're here for a reason. I don't think you just make the playoffs by lollygagging throughout the season. Yes, there's a couple of games that I feel like we should have won or we, we shouldn't have lost. Um, but we're here for a reason, and I think that this is the ideal season for Geno. I think whether he's a Seahawks next year or wherever he is in the NFL, I think that this season is going to just solidify his resume in the league, um, especially being the backup of a great quarterback for so many years. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited to see what we do in this big moment. We're going to be in San Francisco. Um, so it's going to be a good game to watch. Um, and on other notes, uh, since we're talking about football, um, this happened about, I want to say about two weeks ago. Um, for the people that aren't aware, um, there was a safety on the Buffalo Bills, DeMar Hamlin. He suffered a, now that we know, um, a cardiac arrest, um, during a tackle of the, what was it? Monday, Sunday night. It was a Monday night. It was a Monday night game against the Bengals. Against the Bengals. Yeah. So he made a, a routine tackle. I mean, people that, you know, when I say routine, I mean, this is a, this is a tackle you make, you know. At, at any level, not to put the fear in people, but this is just a routine tackle. This is why I think it caught so many people um, by surprise. Because if you watch the game of football, you've seen guys take a hit and you can see they kind of have a, the concussion symptoms. They're kind of wobbly all over the place. They kind of tense up, but, you know, he made the tackle. It was scary. It was very scary. And I, I didn't even see it live. I was, um, I was out with the... Um, the in-laws. <laughs> and we were at a restaurant and they had the game on and everyone just... It just you can hear a pin drop literally like it got quiet because you know at restaurants you hear you hear bottles clinking you hear plates you hear conversation imagine you're in a restaurant and it just goes silent and i'm like what's going on and everyone was crowding around the tv at the bar area 
And, you know, me just being curious, I go up and see and I just see, you know, I just see someone on the ground, but I don't know what the extent is. And luckily, you know, Jaden and, you know, people in my group chat, my sports group chat, they informed me and um, it was a scary scene. And just to see, and this is why you love football. I mean, you love football to make the plays, you love the sport, but when something like this happens and just to see, like, you see these guys battle every week, you see the trash talk, you see all this stuff, but to see the way the NFL and these players came together for this one player that they probably didn't even, like, they probably won their teammates, they probably didn't really, weren't that close or even outside a different organization just to see how they came so close and they came together for, um, this incident, and it was just, it was scary, you know, um, uh, just seeing him, he made the tackle, he stood, he stands up, and then he falls he, right down, falls right down, he's basically, you know, life, well, he, di- he died on the field, yeah, they say his heart stopped, so that's just a crazy, for nine minutes, I think, that's wild, so as, I'm, I'm speaking as a former football player myself, like, well, I'm gonna ask you this, Jay, what do you think, what do you think was going through those players' mind? Like, let's say it's that's a teammate of yours. You know, you're the quarterback. You're ready to come out there to start the drive, and you see, dude, there's no way you can. You can't. Yeah, like I'm just a, I'm just a fan, and that shook me. Imagine you went through fall camp, you went to spring ball with this guy, you had training camp, all this stuff, a whole season. You made a relationship. You got all these memories, all this stuff. This is your brother. Like you're putting your body on the line for your brothers, and you see your brother make a routine play, and he doesn't get up. Um, I just, that, that's crazy. Um, even though as of today, they say he's been, he's been discharged and he's, you know, he's back at home with his family still recovering, but you know, it's still prayers for him. Cause that's gonna, we don't know what's next for him. You know, um, if he's going to put another pair of cleats on, if he's going to be a part of the organization or if he has to walk away, um, you know it'd be cool though. If he walks out the tunnel, he, oh, he, he, I mean, I don't know what his, 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 his health is like. I don't know if he's able, I don't know if he's. You know, bed rest. I don't know if he's able to. He's not. You didn't hear what happened? No. So they had said that after uh, when the Bills played, who did they play? Uh, New England. New England, yeah. The last game of the season. He was, uh, he did a full-on jog around the hospital. <sighs> and, like, vitals were perfect. Uh, neurologically, he was fine. Like, it's just incredible. So It's, it's totally God. And in, in that, so in that case, like... His vitals are all good. He was jumping up and down during the game. They said, "Okay, let okay, let's say Buffalo. They take they. There's no there's no shot. He's in a he's in a he's in pads this week. No, no, no. no. There's no shot. But let's just say his vitals are good. He's working out. He's 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 um all his tests come back good. The Buffalo advance to the second round. Do you think you think he's on the field? I don't think he plays the rest of the season. You don't think he plays? I mean that. I'm if you if you want to talk about a storyline, the way it's lead up. Just think about that. This man was dead on the field. And died again at the hospital. Died again at the hospital. Comes back a week later while you're being a team on the opening kickoff. He's running laps. He's celebrating. And imagine that storyline. He makes the what? The the, the game-winning pick in the playoffs to send you to the Super Bowl. That's a storyline. I'm just saying that'd be cool. that's a miracle. But I thought it was kind of creepy how when the Bills scored that touchdown on the opening kickoff. Oh, that's it was, they chills. Said it was The last time the Bills had done that was three years ago and three months to that day. That's chills. Like that's, that's weird. That's just I, I don't see stuff like that. You know, it almost feels scripted. It, it feels it can't be. It can't be scripted, but that's just the beauty of the game. You know, because you can't you can't predict that. You can't say that's going to happen. You know, um, yeah. That, that when I watched that, I saw that live. I saw that I live, and I, it, it it sent chills down my back. Like ooh, 
And then I didn't see the second one, but I saw a notification that he the, the same guy took another kick return back. That was crazy. Um, yeah, he got two of them. But, yeah, I mean, for me, it's, it's, it's all about his health, you know. I mean, if you want a gold storyline, obviously that would be dope to have him He's the first person to run. I, I guarantee. I guarantee. I'm putting this down. Their game. What they play Sunday against the Miami Dolphins. Yep. I guarantee you, Demar Hamlin will be in the stadium. Yeah. And he's not gonna be in a suite. He's not. He's not gonna be in the uniform. But he's gonna be. He's gonna lead those boys out. They need to. Yeah. They, they need, need to do. Walk out. They need to have him by himself. He needs to walk straight to center field. But have it as like a surprise. I would have it. I would have it something like I want everyone in that crowd. I want them hanging out. Three flags. I want everything. I feel like this season is for him because, you know, the Bills, they proved themselves last year and the years before. Like, they, this is not a – this is not a uh, – Did they? I'm just, they proved themselves in the last three years that they are a team they're going to be reckoned with for the next couple of years. So, I feel like this year they're not really – everyone's got experience. Everyone's been to the playoff on this roster most likely. So, this is a – if they have the chance to give one meet, one playoff game to support this guy, they would do it. I think they would give the rest of the season – for uh for Demar for Demar so, um I just can't wait to see that I can't wait to see what the Buffalo Bills do because they got to do some, um but, um if they choose not to and just, you know that's totally fine um but if it was up to me, I'm saying this guy is gonna lead your team out he's gonna be, he's gonna be the uh, first person to touch the field yeah on Sunday I'm excited to see it yeah and then we'll switch we we can talk about um. Let's switch. Let's talk about your Warriors. I mean, I ain't got nothing to say. I mean, I'm a sports head. I don't like the Warriors. I make it be known. I haven't liked the Warriors when they try. Just the fact that they got 72 wins and they played LeBron that year and he still beat them. Just the fact that you want to go against Goat James. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you made it to the finals against LeBron, you got to forfeit. Just the fact that they got went up 3-1. The audacity for them to go. That's why they lost. That's why they got. They, they have the worst final choke in history. I'm over here shaking my head. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I don't know. I've no, never we're liked... We're in a slump right now. Yeah. For sure. They play today in like three hours, but we need a dub. I mean, overall, y'all think y'all, y'all going to take the West or y'all going to be a contender in the West? Nah. We'll, we're not going to be number one, but we're, we're going to make the playoffs. Five? Yeah, make the playoffs. But... um, You don't want to see us in a, in a series. You don't. You don't want to see in seven games. I'll take y'all on a regular Tuesday... At the crib at a five o'clock tip off, I'll take that. But a seven when I know I gotta go to Golden State three times, I gotta get at least two of them. That's that's tough. So, because um, at the end of the day, it don't matter what you do. Three points is always gonna beat two points. No matter if you come down, you dunking and one whatever. Yep. Three points is gonna beat two, and that's what they're known for, and they're good at it. So, um, you know, I'm not really a big NBA head though. That's more Jay. You know, I'm, I mean, I. I I watch the highlights. I'm not really an NBA guy right now. I'm a fake NBA fan. I watch the playoffs. Um, but I do like Jaw, though. I like Memphis. Um, Nuggets look good. Okay. So, um, but yeah. Anything else you want to say? Because, you know, we're going to have our guest on. In the- no, I'm excited. You know, I think this is going to be a really fun episode because it's yeah. a new season, new mm-hmm. year. And uh, kind of switching up the topic a little bit. I know we always talk about sports, but... I think this will be really good to get into and kind of give the different the different, the different side of sports. Yeah, There's the more to just a way different side to it. And I think y'all will be really pleased with this one. So, uh, what you got to say about it? Uh, yeah, like I said, I'm excited. You know, everyone knows the um, they see the big touchdown plays. They see the aspect of being big and playing sports, but there's a different side of it: the financial side, the mental health side, the uh, longevity side. Like it's just more than just us talking about play. So. Um, 
with this next with this next guest coming up pretty soon, um, I think it's gonna be a good topic for us. Um, so appreciative to get this guy on. Um, yeah, this is huge. This is a big. This is big for us. So, um, but yeah. So in the meantime, while we wait um, for football, we talked about the Seahawks. We talked about the playoffs. Just off a of quick, just a uh, off the top of your head, what's the Super Bowl gonna look like? Or as a matter of fact, switch it up a little bit. You know who performed at halftime, right? Mm-hmm. Riri. <laughs> that see now <laughs> see last year we had we had the you know in my opinion top five Super Bowl halftime shows for the culture. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like just if you're just looking at it, just you had who do we have? I'm sorry, we had Fifty Snoop. Cent, we had Snoop, Dre, Eminem, Fifty, Mary, Mary and we had one more, didn't we? Uh, that was it. it. No, I, they should have had Kendrick. No, he he was in the banner, but I feel like that would he would have stole the show. Cause I feel like this generation, like yeah, we respect the greats, but if Kendrick would have walked out there singing some, I got, I got, I got, man, in my DNA, it would have been tough. And it was in LA, it's a wrap. So, um, yeah, we got Riri. I'm, I'm excited to see what she's gonna perform, um, cause she haven't dropped none in like what, years. what, seventeen years. So, um, she dropped in that Fenty, them uh, underwears and stuff. You know, she gonna walk out throwing out her merchandise, but. It's still Queen Riri. Um, I'm excited for that, but um, I didn't mean to cut you off. But who'd you think it for uh, for the uh, Super Bowl? I got Bengals winning it all this year. Wow, that's my hot take. That's your hot take. My hot take is I got Seattle being. Um... <laughs> Man, y'all, Jay turned his head so fast when I said that. <laughs> but no, nah, really, for real, I had. Um... If I had to put money on it, I'd probably in the Super Bowl, I'll probably have it being the 49ers and the Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl. If I had to put my money on it right now, I think those are just the two. The I think the, the 49ers is the best team in the NFC right now, and I think the Bills is the best team in the AFC. So um, I think that would be a, you know, if you had to put money on that, I'll be that's a smart, that's a decent bet. Um, I hate to say it, but I think overall right now, I think, dude, the 49ers, they, I'll have the 49ers taking a, Take it, uh, the bank, the the bills. In the Super Bowl. Yeah, like forty nine ers winning. Forty nine ers winning at all. Yeah. So, well, hey man, let's let's switch it up a little bit. Um, want to give you guys a quick introduction. Uh, Didier Austin, in. hey, can you hear us all right? I got you. How you guys doing? Good. How about yourself? I'm good, man. I'm good. Hey, we appreciate you hopping on. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We got cameras on or off? Uh, we'll turn on is on for you. Hey, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, how, well, first of all, how was the holidays? How's, how's life been? Oh, man, it's been great. It's been great. Uh, holidays were good, hectic. Right, I got two kids. You know, I got a daughter who just turned 10. We have a son who just turned seven yesterday, actually. So Nice. Um, yeah, they were, it was hectic, but they were, it was good. That's awesome. How about you guys? I was decent. It was good. He just got back from a big vacation, so yeah, it's been it's been fun. Okay. We see you got the repping the UW and Florida State. I know. I, I see them nose in the back, man. Go nose, baby. I see it in the back. Yeah, there, <laughs> there it is. Uh, yes. So uh, yeah, I'm a big Florida State guy, and you know we do some work with, um, which I'm sure we'll get into, but we do some work with uh, UW as well. So. Yep. Yeah, I like to rep the rep the places that I that I represent. So, totally. but yeah, I'm a, an old through and through. 
That's awesome. Well, just a quick introduction for context. Uh, had the pleasure of meeting Didier when I was playing for the Huskies. Um, he, unfortunately, during that year was the COVID season, so there were no in-person in introductions or anything like that, but was able to listen in on Zoom and We've had a couple conversations over the years about just giving me some wisdom in terms of finances in general. And so I just want to say, you know, in this time, I just appreciate your time that you've given me and just the conversations that we've had and really appreciate you being on today. Oh uh, yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me, man. Anytime I can spread the message and I love what you guys are doing. So I'm happy to, happy to be here. Yeah, no, thank you. So I, I really want to kick it off and just ask, you know, for yourself, what was your upbringing like? And, you know, when did this concept of concept of money and you know, money management and financial freedom, uh, when was that introduced to you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I grew up in Philly. Um, you know, my, my dad is from Haiti. My mom is from Barbados. Um, so they, you know, they instilled in me kind of the super hard work ethic. And my dad's a chemical engineer, a smart guy, but he also had an MBA in finance. So he was um, always watching the markets, financial stuff. Uh, not to date myself here, but I, I can remember Black Monday, the stock market crash in 1987 as a little kid. Because I remember my dad watching it, um, watching the news that night. Um, and I remember just how serious it was. So from a really young age, and that didn't translate for me for so much later, you know, it was... Sure. My dad was the one giving me the message, so it was kind of annoying. And I was irresponsible with money when I was young, for sure, um, in college. And I think it helps me now kind of relate to, helps me relate to the young young men and women that we help and mentor, because I had a father who was really into it, paid bills on time, no debt, all that stuff. And even when I was in college, I made these mistakes. And I know so many people don't even have that outlet of a great example of a parent to look up to or, or most of us are literate financially. Sure. So he, me having that, having my father who was so financially literate and still making mistakes, it really helps me understand how serious of a problem it is. And I think for me, a turning point came when I was in college, I worked at a bank and you know, you're a teller, you got slow hours, fast hours, and you do things to keep yourself entertained. And I remember you would see people and some people would come in like flashy cars and drive through, look super nice. And then you go to do the transaction and have no one, right? They were living check to check and you see people every week. And then you'd see some people who looked bummy, poor, right? Weren't caught up in the material things and they'd come in and they'd, they'd have their, you know, their account would have over a hundred thousand dollars in it. Yeah. And it was one of the first times I really understood the understood the falsity of appearances, right? How you cannot trust everything you see. So that fascinated me. And then after school, I worked in um, worked after I worked at the bank, I worked at uh, Wachovia Securities for a little while as an analyst, and then I went into the financial sector as an as, a, as an advisor and helping people. Um, and so it was kind of a gradual journey and I'm best fascinated by money. I think we've got as a society, you think about what your parents do from the time you're little, it is about, all right, we got to get our kid in the best school. We got to teach them this, you know, whether it's sports, um, academic or whatever, everything's set up. Everything from a parent's perspective is set up to give you the biggest chance to succeed. 
Why do they want you to succeed so you have money, so you can do the things you want and create the life you want, but yet none of that energy is put into how do you actually manage the money when you get it, which is crazy to me, right? Every decision is geared towards how do I get this child to be to get money, then none of the energy is how do they actually manage it. So that's, good. that's really how it became kind of my mission. Okay, so like obviously, you know, just hearing you speak, you know, you're very passionate about obviously sports and um, the process of helping people financially. Um, so you, with those two passions, like do you do they go hand in hand for you? Is that something that did one graduate first, or was it just did it come in hand in hand for? Because you got both of those passions, did it? Yeah, sports. I've always had a passion. Yeah. For, right. Um, to bring it back to my dad, he used to just be like. Why, you know, I'd be watching football all day long, right? Basketball. When I was a kid, it was, he was like, you don't care anything about anything but sports. Sports <laughs> isn't going to put food on your table, right? Sports isn't going to gonna feed your family. So when I was able to, you know, kind of parlay it into this career that I have now, where I get paid, the first check I got from a team, I took a picture of it and said, sent it to my dad. And I said, well, sports is paying the bills now and your dad. And he, he got a kick out of that, but I was passionate about it from when I was a child. I just, I fell in love with football. I grew up in Philly. Everyone around me was Eagles fans. Um, I was not, I was a 49ers fan. Ooh. And oh, man. so, uh, yeah, quick story. I, you know, being from Philly, everyone around you was Eagles fans. My, my, but my parents didn't live there. They weren't from there, but sure. they're immigrants. And I kind of was like, I don't really like this team. I didn't like the color of their uniforms at the time. They had the, the throwback Kelly Greens. Yep. And every year, I would, my grandmother had a friend who would go to the Super Bowl and bring me a T-shirt back. So, like, the first Super Bowl I watched was the Giants and the Broncos in 86, 87. And I got a Giants T-shirt, and I liked the Giants for a year. Then the next year, it was the Redskins and Doug Williams. And I was like... I loved him and the, the storyline of the first black quarterback. And I like, but my, my friends would make fun of me because they're like, you don't have a team, you just bandwagon. <laughs> so at 88, when I was eight years old, I was like, I'm going to, I got to find my team. I'm going to watch as much football. And I fell in love with Jerry Rice and Joe Montana. Yeah. Um, absolutely fell in love and chose them as my team. And then about a year later, Florida State was playing in a bowl game. And um, Casey Walden was their quarterback. And he had, and he looks just like the people who, anybody who are football junkies, he looks just like Joe Montana with his helmet on. Just like Joe Montana. And Florida State's old uniforms and the 49ers' uniforms at that time were so similar. And I thought they were like the East Coast version of the 49ers. And that is literally, gotcha. that was it. And that's, that's kind of like, <laughs> Play a big part of my life, clearly, because it's kind of gotten me to where I am. Sure. So, so even with that, you know, just over the years with your passion of sports, how many athletes and programs are you know you currently working with or have worked with, and how are you helping them with this conceptual understanding of managing money? Yeah, um, I think. Well, first, I think for me, when I got into this career, I didn't know what to expect um, with finances, and I thought to myself all right, I'm going to do every day, like a lot of people fail in the finance business. And my thought was, I'm going to do every day what they tell me to do, right, to be successful. I'm not going to focus on the outcome. I'm going to focus on the process every single day. So I think growing up, I was, I was always a story of unfulfilled potential, right? 
years old. So he's smart, but doesn't finish. Right? I'm, I have ADD. I'm all over the place. And I said, all right, if I'm if I'm choosing to go into a career where 90% of people fail, that means even if I do what I'm supposed to do, I'm probably going to fail. So if I'm going to have any shot of success, at a minimum, I have to do everything they told me to do. Sure. So I didn't question anything. I showed up every day. I did, and I was relentless. And every day I did what I needed to do. And um, we had, you know, I had great, tremendous success. And through that success, I was able to go to more sporting events. I remember my, my vision, you got to write down your five-year vision. Yep. My vision as an advisor when I started was, hey, if I can make $150,000 a year and go to three Florida State football games a year, that was it. That would have been, there was no, you couldn't tell me there was anything better than that. <laughs> and in my first six months, I've written new, more new clients than anyone in the company's history because I just put my head down and did the work. I didn't yeah. focus on that. I just focused on what do I need to do every day to be successful. And as I got to go to a lot of games and meet people and, Clients and I live in ACC country in Virginia, so Florida State would come up, you know, North Carolina, UVA, play them a lot, and I would see guys and they'd be like, "Man, who's this like young guy who's at all these games, right? Who's able to travel?" Because a lot of times it's like these rich boosters. Sure. And I'm, you know, I'm in my late twenties, and so I built relationships there. And I think for me, um, I had a passion to help them, but I never. I never wanted to think anybody wanted anything from me. So I slow played it. And I had a great mentor, I had a great mentor who said, you know, you, you care so much about your clients and you care so much about these athletes and sports. You need to be helping them. Somebody's helping them. And I doubt they, they care as much about them as you do. Right. And he was right. And that kind of started me down this journey of pursuing, pursuing helping them. And we started to think of the financial literacy program uh, to do at Florida State. I had conversations back in 2013, right? Right after Florida State won the national championship. I had emails back and forth. It took four or five years to get to the point where they actually brought me in. Right. So when I say I'm relentless, right, a lot of people see the outcome and see what I do and talks and social media and they think, oh, wow, I'm so lucky. No, like I put in the work right it took four or five years for that to come to fruition so um that's where the passion so to be able to marry those two things that i'm passionate about together has been awesome um and currently we work with about i think 15 programs collegiately and we work with about uh six or seven nfl teams awesome so with so with that like how have you seen um the lives of these young black men change with their finances because you know you shared the story earlier about how um you would come in you would see the guys with the nice cars and then you would check the transactions like man you live in you live in check to check so like you know obviously we, see, we know these guys are getting crazy money now so how have you seen their lives change with finances um that's a great question so for me i think you see it in how they talk about it and and in their behavior so the biggest thing for me is helping people understand money is mental right it does not you know having more money does not make you better with money yeah and to, to really change your behavior you have to understand the mentality that you have going into it we all have a money story that's from how we observed our parents with money 
our environment. So I really hone in on helping guys understand the background to the to where they view money the way it is now, and then helping them change. And you know, the one of the coolest things is you know, I, I when I see the progress they've made. We had a guy who was in a you know draft a few years ago who kind of went through the program. And he calls me, FaceTimes me like eight thirty in the morning, and he says. He's got a Miami training. He goes, man, I'm so thankful for you because he's training with guys from other, you know, big power five schools for the draft. And he's like, dude, these dudes are out here spending money. They don't know anything, right? We got his credit score to like 750 before the draft. We'd set a budget. He's like, they're out here throwing money around. He's like, man, I can see so many, so much of what you you're talking about how it plays out in the real world. Yeah. So calls like that mean the world to me, right? Or when guys are like, hey, you know, I'm looking, thinking about getting this car or that car. I remember you said this. What do you think that we should do? Or can you help me set up a budget? So to see that and see guys, because it's not, there's a misnomer that athletes are stupid or, yeah. it's, they make the same mistakes with money that everyone else makes. Sure. Right? They just make it on a larger scale. Yep. But most, a lot of people who win the lottery go broke. Right? Yep. So for me, it's not, it's not about, it's not about being an athlete or it's about if your money can change, but if your mindset doesn't, you're, you're going to go broke. Yep. So right. for me, it's about changing their mindsets. And I, I think the thing I've been most pleasantly surprised about is how receptive they are. These kids want to learn. They want to do better. They want to make better choices. It's just that you can't talk at people. You have to talk to them. Yep. Right. And explain it in a language that they understand. And I think that's really what we, what I've been, I've been blessed uh, with the ability to do. I think that's awesome because you know, I think we can all kind of share stories just from our own experiences. There's such a, <clears throat> a stig, like a stigma or like a conceptual understanding of black people and money. Right. And a lot of the times it's like a negative connotation. So to see what you're doing in terms of helping young black guys out and even just helping black families, too, when you're working with these athletes, I think that speaks volumes. And it kind of leads me into my, my next question or, or following question um, for your business and for yourself. Like, what's your vision, not only for this year, but just moving forward now that you're in the position that you're at currently? coaches there's nobody 
only America that has more of an opportunity to close that gap than people in that space because there's no segment of the African American population that makes makes a million dollars or that type of money at an earlier age. Right. And the, the downside is you're making your money at an early age when you are the most impressionable and the most likely to blow it. Sure. Right. And time is of the essence. So for me, that challenge of being able to help them process and say, all right, I make, you know, you don't have, most people work, they make 40 grand, 50 grand, and then they do all the dumb stuff in their twenties. By the time that they're more mature and ready to handle the money, that's when more of the money comes, right? It's the opposite. You've got to do something with the money now. So our goal is to really help them process and set themselves up for success at 18, 19, 20 years old while they have this, while they have this money and reverse a trend, a generational trend um, for themselves and for their, for their families in the future. And I think it starts with the education, but it, it's tough. It is just like becoming a professional athlete is tough and it's painful. It's not easy. Creating generational wealth isn't easy, right? right? It's about the hardest thing in life is to be consistent. But if you're consistent, it's really, really hard to fail. If you show up every day and try to get better, it's really hard to, to fail. But I think people need to realize the hardest thing in life will always, always be being consistent. So I talk to guys about, and it's not about, just like you didn't get to Florida State overnight or the NFL overnight, Yeah. you're not going to create wealth overnight. Yeah. You did it because you were consistent and you built the habits. It doesn't mean you're not going to make stupid decisions and, buy a buy you know buy a watch that has no value and you know you're going to make those decisions but it's about having the environment set up for you where if you make a decision just like you have a bad you're going to have a bad practice you're going to have a bad game but if you've got people that hold you accountable if you've got a plan it's much easier to get back on track and and get where you want to go totally well hey i really appreciate this time and all this insight just kind of one last question uh where can, where can people find you in the best way possible? Like your social media, whether it's a website. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we are on Instagram. It's at stdprogram, securitybagprogram.com. I'm at D-D-A-Occident, D-I-D-I-E-R-O-C-C-I-D-E-N-T. Awesome. Um, and it's the same on Twitter, at stdprogram and at securitybag and at stdprogram on TikTok. Love it. Well, awesome. Make sure everybody gets that info to them and everyone that's listening in will be able to access that as well. So again, Didier, I really appreciate your time. And, you know, this was a lot for us. You know, this is Thank a learning you. opportunity for us and you for you to carve out, you know, 30, 40 times your day. We appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Guys. No, I appreciate you guys having me on. Happy to help, man. Secure the bag. Yes, sir. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Have Peace. a good weekend. That was awesome, man. Wow. Was good gems. Great gems. Wow. Well, y'all heard it, folks. So secure the bag. Um, you know, we always talk about um, that chase to financial freedom. financial freedom and, you know, generational wealth. You know, that's the pinnacle, you know, generational wealth. But, you know, um, like you said, it's all about being consistent. You know, it's all about you're not going to make it overnight. Um, just growing in baby steps. Just growing in baby steps. So, um you got anything to say to the people before we uh we close it out? No, you know, y'all go check out his stuff, his social media. Um, there's a lot of good info that that's on there, and um, you know, like like he even mentioned, 
um, during this session. It's all about being consistent. Yeah. And if you can just take one day at a time and not look at, you know, the obviously it's good to look at the big picture, mm -hmm. but if you can just take one day at a time, one decision at a time, mm -hmm. one financial decision at a time, that stuff will, you know, as we say, it'll accrue, mm -hmm. it'll accrue interest, and you'll be able to carry that on with you, you know, in your 50s and 60s when, you're, yeah. when we're all close to retirement. So don't look at, you know, financial freedom or even if it's trying to grow in your career as like a scary thing. Sometimes the things that are the most daunting are the, the best for you. Yeah. Which is all about taking that step, taking the risk and, and moving forward. And it starts with being consistent. So we appreciate y'all listening in. Um, like we've said before, we're trying to make sure that every episode you guys are getting something out of this. I know we did today. For sure. Um, but yeah, I appreciate you all. Keep listening in. Again, feedback, hoodies, whatever it is. Um, appreciate you all, you know, always just being here and listening in on our content. So y'all have a great weekend.